0: hello and welcome to the crag and banter podcast with me race and my co-host Luke. look how are you I'm very well. Thank you for having me on the Crack and Bunder podcast. How are you? Of course. I'm happy to have you here. I'm very well. Uh, this is the first episode of the Crack and Bunder podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, pop culture, and uh, whatever we want, really. I'm the special um, guest every week. Yeah, my special guest, my recurring special guest. <laughs> it's good. It's great to have, great to have such high-caliber talent on every single week, you know?
1: You know, there's like 90s... Uh, sort of sitcoms, mm-hmm. they would go through the cast in the opening credits. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would be the worst special guest every week. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like Danny DeVito in that episode of Friends. Was <laughs> probably less stripping.
0: Probably. I it's very like how in all of the all of the MCU movies, it's always with Samuel L. Jackson, despite yeah. the fact that he is just part of the cast. When yeah. you're that high level, you know, when you're that high profile, you're yeah. the special guest every yeah. time
1: yeah <laughs> it's but uh
0: yeah how how have you been
1: i've been all right sort of uh in a routine really now most days i've started doing my university work again so that's something to do during the day uh i i assume that you've also been filling your time during the day that means it's so uh, very boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean trying to, yeah. Um, yeah, to provide a little bit of context, we are recording this in the year 2021 uh, during the, the COVID-19 era. So if you're listening back to this in the far future, where COVID is a, a distant memory, uh, as we hope it is, um, that may provide a bit of context to why we're uh, concerned
1: about doing nothing all the time. A simple, diver- It's just a simple diversion on the highway called life.
0: <laughs> Look, you are full of wisdom today. <laughs> I'm full
1: so, every day. That is
0: true. You're not wrong, and that's why you're the special guest. <laughs> um, so for today, we thought a good way to to maybe get into our first episode of the podcast. It's the start of a new year. Um, we thought a nice little topic would be to talk about our most anticipated, um. Movies, TV shows, etc. Things coming up this year. Um, and what we're excited for. Maybe what we're worried about. I've got a list of things here to talk about. You, some things surprising. Some things that we obviously knew about. But yeah, I think this year's going to be an interesting
1: one, Luke. Well, we said that last year. And looked what happened. I would settle for a boring year at this point.
0: True. I mean, I would be perfectly happy with a boring year. But what makes me say that is that I think... Um, Last year obviously everything was postponed cancelled etc so I think this year's gonna be an interesting one just from a perspective of maybe some studios trying to play catch up or yeah. trying to make you know i'm I'm hoping that this year is gonna be the the big return to cinema you know yeah. Um. so I'm gonna, I, I'm interested to see how people do that because also then last year though we saw a massive rise in streaming and like the quality yeah. of what we can get on streaming as well so
1: there's been a hose of movies really and covid stepped on it and there's just been a big big bubble of water filling up something's <laughs> exactly. gonna spurt out excuse me yeah. we're gonna have the movies that were supposed to release this year anyway and we're gonna have the backlog of 2020 movies that were ready to go
0: that's exactly what i'm thinking i think it's gonna be a mix of people there's gonna i feel like there's two different attitudes here it's either gonna be 2020 was a write-off we'll just pick up where we left off and continue as normal and then there's going to be another group where it's like, okay, we were we had stuff to release in 2020. Let's release that, and then the stuff that was meant to come out in 2021, we'll just release that as well. And there's yeah. going to be like this massive amount of stuff. So it's definitely going to be fun, but I yeah. think we're a little bit of a ways off some of the stuff yet. But yeah, I think it's exciting. So yeah, yeah. To to get into it, we'll start with movies, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I have some written out here. And a few different different groups. So, I think a, a good start is uh, the MCU, the Marvel movies, because yeah. that's something we're definitely both big fans of. Yeah. Uh, and they're always always big ones for the year. Yeah. Um, I think so. Some of these, uh, most of these dates, I got from Collider and uh, Insider, but there may be changes to these dates. Some of them may be wrong. You never know, especially with sort of everything that's going on. So. We can't afford a fact checker for this podcast. Yeah. No, we cannot. If, if there's any issues or if things change in the future, uh, I blame you and you yeah. blame me.
1: Yes. <laughs> but at this stage, this podcast is very much um it's 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 not really so much being driven as by us insofar as that uh, we're in the back seat and I put it on cruise control and think that's the same thing as autopilot. So Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's like we're driving a bumper car on a roller coaster track, you know, and we yeah. feel like it's gonna work. They're similar enough, but yeah. uh, there's no reason to believe that that would work. Yeah, flying by <laughs> our pants really at the moment. <laughs> Very much so. So, uh, but for movies, God, this is so off track already. We haven't even <laughs> mentioned one movie yet.
1: <laughs> well, I. But I was thinking about Speed when I started talking about that. <laughs>
0: True, true. I
1: thought about the episode of Father Ted where Dougal drives the milk cart. Oh, that is an an
0: unbelievable! I think that's possibly my favorite Father Ted episode.
1: It's it, it probably is the best. I mean, there's uh, um, the 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 Christmas special of the lingerie department.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are there are several great episodes, but I feel like that's such a funny one. It's always what comes to mind when I think of Father Ted. Yeah. However. I, no Father Ted coming out in 2021, so let's not talk about that.
1: Yeah, so I I did very much. From you saying we've come off track, I then took us even more off track. Exactly. Um, but starting us
0: off in 2021, we have Black Widow. That's scheduled to come out in May.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one I'm excited for. I was excited yeah. for it last year. I was going to say, it's going to be a Disney Plus release, isn't it? It's... They're not well, if the theatres are open off someone'll be in theatres, but they're mainly thinking of that is a Disney Plus release at the moment, aren't they?
0: I'm not sure. When I it said it was theatrical was the plan whenever I saw it earlier, but again, yeah.
1: I think that could
0: change. I don't know. You of course look, I have Disney Plus, you don't. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> as as we sort of go through some of these uh of the things that will be on Disney Plus, what do you think is, is likely to get you in? Do you think this would be the thing that would break you?
1: I think well, I think it's it's not so much that as all the TV series. I mean, you know what the MCU is like. It's you couldn't come in now really and just watch something and understand everything that's happened. You do need to watch it all. So yeah. I think it's gonna. I'm gonna have to to follow what's happening in the movies. And I'm gonna have to watch the TV series. I'm I'm, I'm saying have to. I want to. I want to the <laughs> TV series. Too. It's yeah. just like You you know what. It's streaming services. It used to be you you'd pay for like one, you get Netflix or Amazon Prime, and that would get you most of the stuff you want. Now you've got that. You've got Netflix and Amazon Prime, still you've got Disney Plus, Apple TV. There's so yeah. many. There uh, are so many. But yeah, no, I think it will be those TV series that eventually sort of uh, cause me to bite the bullets, so to speak. I, I think I need to see those to help uh, yeah, I- with the Marvel. I think actually,
0: as, as I was making this list, I think the TV shows are actually what I'm more excited for than a lot yeah. of the movies. I mean, the movies I'm pretty excited, but also Black Widow is kind of the only thing movie-wise that we've seen anything from, so I imagine I'll be a lot more excited yeah. as, we, as we see yeah. more. I um, tell,
1: tell you what would also seal the deal, if they brought back the Netflix characters, because they can do that now.
0: Most definitely, I, yes, they have that, the freedom to do that. I would absolutely love to see that as well, I think... Even sort of, I think they have the, it would probably be right to maybe brush off a lot of what did happen in the Netflix series, maybe not address that too much because they were so disconnected, I think. Yeah. Um, I would, I would but the characters the were good. so good. Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, uh, uh, Je- Jessica Jones, is the actors in that especially, because I mean, I think Kristen Ritter was, it. she was so good as Jessica Jones. Um, yeah. I know there's reasons why if you were keeping the same storyline, you can bring... Him back, but David Tennant as Kilgrave. I think if you were going to redo it, you'd definitely bring him back.
0: Yeah, extremely, extremely good cast. Mm-hmm. There is um, a bit of a workaround there, with as with a lot of sort of any kind of uh, psychic or mental based characters. You know, they brought. I mean, the X Men movies don't count, but they brought Professor X back in the X Men. You know, yeah. Um, but also, there's a there's a general rule with the X Men <laughs> franchise that sort of. The only context that matters is sort of if you've seen the last movie, that's yeah. all you need to remember because
1: that timeline is broken. Yeah, you basically there's so many like I think they're called a manga tier mutants who can sort of just change mm-hmm. time. That basically yeah. if you want to retcon something in the X-Men universe, it's extremely easy to do so. Yeah. Definitely. So that's like- And also
0: with like Deadpool one of being one of the most prominent X-Men characters, especially now with like the movies. Yeah. Um, and now it's been confirmed he's gonna have a Marvel movie as well. Yeah. Fourth Wall breaking is another great way to sort of yeah. broth and not make it too big of a thing. Yeah. So I think we we definitely have the potential to see some new characters to the MCU, but overlapping from all those other studios and places that used to have the rights to those characters. Yeah. That's
1: something I'm definitely excited I think for. X Men at least, I assume, will come up with a whole new cast, to be honest, I think at this stage, but I mean, I assume they'll be, people want to see them. I think that's one thing, and they're good, strong characters. I think Fantastic Four is going to be a much harder sell. I mean, uh, yeah. there's <laughs> not been a single, well, I, I don't think much I did like the original Fantastic Four, thing, I think the mid 2000s. I thought it was, a, it was a decent movie, but it's not if you went back and watched it now, probably nowhere near the same standard of what MCU movies are. That's to me, yeah, definitely they are hard sell at the moment. It's just because I yeah. mean, okay, those were all right, but then the 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 fan movie Fantastic, yeah, not well <laughs> oh. received.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, I think the Fantastic Four is obviously it's going to get all of the comic book fans back yeah. in definitely, and like. People are very excited to see those characters, but I think a lot of the general public are sort of. It's easy to see a lot of similarities in those characters to characters we've already got in the MCU. So I think there is. I'm excited to see how they do it because I feel like that
1: it's a it's a good opportunity to take a bit of a different step. I, th- um, I think they have to bring them in now, though, because they introduced that. oh the names slipped my mind, but they they brought them in. Cap the scrolls, the scrolls yes. are basic are one of the biggest players in a lot of Fantastic Four storylines. So I mean I think bringing in the Skrulls is a sign they are eventually gonna bring in the Fantastic Four. Oh, I mean you Well they they did announce at the, the Disney Plus um
0: investors meeting they announced that they are doing something with the Fantastic yeah. Four and I think it's Peyton Reed is directing if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um one,
1: I recognise his name what one did what's he done? Uh the Ant Man movies Oh they're good. I like them.
0: I think it might be that I'm, i could be wrong there. It might be the Spider-Man director. So don't don't quote me on that. We'll get the fact checker in. But um, it's one of the pre-existing MCU directors, and I think that's that's good. It's relatively safe, which I think is yeah. smart for a new character, new series of characters as well. So yeah. that'll be that'll be a fun one to yeah, see.
1: No, I sort of felt like I don't I don't know how they do it, but you sort of feel like from looking in from the outside with the way the MCU works, there's got to be some sort of, like, almost formula to follow when you are a director making an MCU movie, because they are of such a consistent quality. Definitely. Are, I thematically, think Thematically, sort of, a lot of them are quite similar.
0: I think a lot of big Hollywood, especially franchise films, are like that, in the sense, like, I feel like there's a massive variation in how much a director actually really has to do when they come in, you know, obviously you've got on one end, you've got like your Christopher Nolans and, uh, you know, your uh, Quentin Tarantino's where it's, they have a clear vision when they come in and it's their movie and it's probably 90% them, you know, but then I think on the other end of that, you have sort of uh, to, some for the, for a good reason, like the MCU, they have a very well laid out sort of, there are X, Y, Z things that you have to include and uh, story beats you have to hit for it to make yeah. sense. And I think that's a good thing, but then I think there is definitely an area of like studio interference going too far. I think the Sony movies suffered from that for a long time. Um, yeah. And the, the Spider-Man movies specifically, until they started having that MCU connection. Yeah. Um, I, And now we've seen some, some pretty great Sony movies. Into the Spider-Verse, obviously, comes to mind. I
1: think I remember seeing, uh, reading with that, like, this, the guy who directed Fantastic Four and he said that basically the movie that came out was completely different from the one he directed just because there was yeah. so much interference from the studio. I think I've also read yeah. similarly. What, the DC movies have had that problem. I think the first one that the studio left alone was Wonder Woman. I'm surprised, surprised it was the first really good ones. Man yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's obviously why Zack Snyder felt he had enough enough that we didn't see that he thought it warranted making the Zack Snyder Justice League, you know, he thought that his cut was different enough that it should be seen on its own, so there must be there must be some some level of interference there. I'm still like, not sure what he's going to pull out of the hat that's going to rescue
1: that movie.
0: No, me neither. I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it would rescue it, but I think it'll definitely be a different movie, so we'll
1: we'll see. I mean, it's a um, weird one, because I mean, Well, okay, yes. I mean, Rush Storytelling, but to go that quickly to a Justice League movie, I mean, you think, what was it? It was four years from... Well, I suppose you count the Hulk movies as a bit longer, but, I mean, it was a good four or five years from uh, the first Iron Man movie to the Avengers movie, and they got... Between Iron Man and the Avengers, I think they did Iron Man, Iron Man... To Captain America and Thor compared. To what DC did, which was Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League. obviously it was the problem? Yeah. But I still thought when you looked at who was involved with the Justice League movie, it should have been good. I mean, you had Zack Snyder, who I think not the most nuanced director. I'm not going to claim he's like a Christopher Nolan or whatever, but he's made lots of movies I've enjoyed, like um, Yeah, uh, Three Hundred, Watchmen, um. Yeah, I actually even quite liked Batman versus Superman. I thought it was decent. Uh, wow. I, I thought, it was, I thought it was
0: Disagree, right. but
1: fair I enough. I thought it was all right. And you also looked at the talent involved in Justice League. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, Wonder Woman, uh, you had Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, who I think is a very good Wonder Woman. You had mm-hmm. um, Henry Cavill as Superman, who as in both Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman was very good. And Ben Affleck's Batman, who was also in the movies he's been in, surprisingly good. But just
0: yeah, I think I think ignoring the fact that, as you say, the universe maybe wasn't that well established to warrant a Justice League movie, it should have still been good in and of itself. I think yeah, like you're saying, as an as a movie on its own, it had the potential to be a decent Wonder Woman or not Wonder Woman Justice League movie yeah. with all those characters, but it just it just fell so flat. I think is the worst part of it. It wasn't even bad it was just the, the flattest movie ever you know yeah. um but obviously yeah there was a lot of going on behind the scenes and director changes and uh, reshoots and stuff yeah. so i think the the Zack Snyder one will be interesting to watch if nothing else yeah but for our MCU movies the rest of what's sort of scheduled to come out this year um we haven't really seen much about we've got shang chi and the legend of the ten rings yeah which um, We've seen some casting for, but that's it really. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Excited to, I. It's definitely implied there yeah, that that means the return of the Mandarin and
1: yeah. the
0: the or, real Mandarin. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, it's not really the return of the Mandarin; it's the actual Mandarin.
0: Yeah. Um, which I, I'm excited for. I think that's good. It, it, the Mandarin character was definitely wasted in Iron Man Three. Wow. Because that's such, such a great uh, Marvel character. Wasted
1: in terms of the actual Mandarin is very cool but I mean I would say in defense of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 it was very funny.
0: It was oh I thought Ben Kingsley was great and I liked that idea of of it being you know this persona um but yes it was just it was comparing to the the actual Mandarin I feel like that was the way uh yeah I think it was one of the Marvel shorts All Hail the King they alluded to the real mandarin being out there so i think it's it's a solid retcon that they sort of they planted the seeds for already so it's it's nice that they've yeah. it's not just ignoring it you know
1: yeah no, i mean i think i'm, I'm sorry i'm trying i'm i'm not quite brushed up in the comics can't remember but i think canonically under the mandarin is incredibly powerful
0: yeah Um, He has 10 magical rings, or well, I think in the comics they're space technology, but that might have been changed since uh, the original. But sort of magic space stuff, power rings that do all different things. Um, So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit more from that. Then we've got uh, the Eternals, which I'm very excited for. Um, I I really like the Eternals as characters, and... That cast looks pretty good. Again, it's just waiting to hear more about these movies, you know, and see Ooh. what we're gonna get. Especially all of the like any anything that's a new character, Shang Chi and the Eternals are just things we know nothing about, you know.
1: Uh, oh, the Eternals. That's uh, that's buff. Oh, what's his name? Buff. Buff. Uh, Kamel Nadjani. Yeah. Buff. Yeah. Kamel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, that's that's the meme.
1: Is that not uh, basically what he said? It was great. It just got paid to get. Uh,
0: yeah I mean great on on the one hand but at the same time you would miss eating cake would you not
1: yeah no it's kind of funny to be fair fair play to him it just it just doesn't fit with whatever I've seen him and just seeing him as well it still looks like he has photoshopped his face onto someone else's body yeah
0: well what I what I watched him in for the longest was Silicon Valley and so that's what I like that's what I knew him as you know uh, yeah. so it is it's all it's funny seeing anyone though that you any any actor that you know so well from something else playing a character that is really disconnected from that I always find funny Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head but it's always like that disconnect is always so funny if you really
1: associate someone with something uh yeah no I mean I was I remember that was what was like seeing Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah definitely Carson, right? um but yeah eternal's excited for but
0: again just want to excited to see see some of what is hopefully going to be more cosmic stuff especially i think we're we're definitely starting to get more and more powerful characters in the mcu as well obviously we had like strong characters before but with the introduction of captain marvel i feel like it was the first big one that it was you know that she is just such a level above the other superheroes so i'm interested to see these more powerful heroes coming in
1: to be fair it's difficult i mean with that i mean they're, they're going to, have to do some sort of serious part i uh, kind of i'm sort of thinking the words for it, but basically what you're right what is coming is going to outstrip what's already there in par so much that's trying to make everything still believable and matter yeah. and especially when you start talking about some of like the really high-end players like i mean Thanos was obviously pretty high level but I mean if you look at the cosmic scale Mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe I mean he's positively mid-tier. Yeah as soon as like as soon as now they've
0: got Fantastic Four as soon as he introduced a Galactus into this universe you know that's such a game changer we also uh, we got the tease of Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, which I'm, again, like, it's we're getting more and more powerful characters coming up. So it's, I mean, I'm excited for it. But, yeah, there is definitely something to be balanced out there. I think I think it's probably, we'll probably start to see a bit of a divide between the Earth-based heroes and the cosmic ones, you know, and we'll get more of, like, yeah. your, maybe your Doctor Dooms on Earth or uh, maybe a, a Modoc or an E.M., you know, the sort of big corporation
1: villains. I, I... I would see a Modoc for a Deadpool movie. There's no, there's no way you can do Modoc with like mega hilarious. Like, I mean, it is just in essence a completely ridiculous character. Definitely.
0: But I also think I feel like the MCU has sort of missed a trick for a little while now where they they can really afford to mix within because obviously for a long time the superhero genre was a genre in and of itself, but now that it's so mainstream, I think you can afford to play with genre within the MCU. They can make yes. an MCU horror movie and an MCU comedy and an MCU rom com. Rom-com, you know, and I would I would love to see that. I feel like that's such a sort of interesting take that they haven't 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 made use of yet. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's sort of. I think. I think. Uh, that's where TV is going to be good. I mean, TV. Has always been somewhere where you get more room to experiment. I mean, I mean, people would have been willing to finance a Twin Peaks TV series when it started out because uh, it worked in the TV series format. If you had tried to take something with a concept as unusual as Twin Peaks at the time to a Hollywood executive and asked for a few dozen million to film it, they would have said no.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You just get more room to experiment on TV.
0: Yeah, well I would I would love to see a MODOK definitely come up in something that is I feel like, yeah, you're right, it would sort of have to be played for laughs a little bit, or yeah. even I don't know, I feel like there's a, there's a certain scary element to that character though as well that could be interesting but listen, we've got no teases of a MODOK coming anytime soon, but that's just that's wishful he was,
1: thinking. He was the villain of the Marvel Avengers video game I think but I mean I, I don't know how much that I don't I think that's part of like the weird sort of way the ownership of Marvel works I don't think that's like, actually like was anything to do with Disney Like, yeah yeah Um, but that is
0: again I would say even more so than TV uh, if you're using any characters you know pre-existing characters in a video game that is a great chance to put in some uh, existing characters or weirder storylines and stuff that, again, wouldn't work in a, in a movie or TV show as much. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely, we've definitely seen things in video games and TV shows that then they gradually make their way in, which is nice. You know, you can see it sort of work, work its way
1: up. I'm really cares as to the either on and eventually implement Howard to Duck.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I mean we've seen him, you yeah. know, but he's we've only seen that sort of background couple of lines, bit of a joke. Um but a, a Hard the Duck movie or bring him into Guardians, maybe. Yeah. Um as like an actual character. I I mean I would absolutely watch that.
1: Yeah. I was, I feel like the I always remember people talk about the the there was a movie in the 90s all people remember yeah. is that yeah, the romance was a human woman people
0: were yeah, like
1: that... I'm not sure that's okay
0: no it's a bizarre film I've only seen clips but every time I do it's, it makes me uncomfortable just everything about it the weird human face duck you know <laughs> everything about that is I mean it's a it's a very 90s movie isn't it
1: yeah uh, I think it's all well, it's all weird stuff, just talking about twin peaks. I think weird stuff did peak in the 90s. I mean, you ever see, I think that Super Mario Bros. film was in the 90s. You ever see the way they did Goombas? Just did them, yeah. like big white, these tiny little reptiles. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious.
0: Although, I have seen a lot of people draw comparisons between that and, um, the, the lizard in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. Yeah. Uh, the lizard, he has that weird flat face. Um, nothing like the, the comic book lizard, but yeah. it's such a bizarre decision to do that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, last thing in the slate for 2021, which I, I do hope we get to see, is uh, Spider Man 3. Um, untitled yet,
1: but. Well, I mean. The, he's, the he's third Spider Man movies. He's been coming home and he's been far from home. Maybe this time he'll be a medium distance from home. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Man, a medium distance from home.
0: <laughs> and he's just sort of just in like. I mean, America. Yeah, like. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, It's completed for December. I would love for this to be a Christmas movie. I've seen other people say it should be Spider-Man Home for the Holidays. I I would love to see that a a Spider-Man movie set at Christmas. That's also a pretty good name. The only Christmas setting we've had was Iron Man 3 and it didn't feel super Christmassy to me. Um, But
1: um, an MCU Christmas movie would be killer. To be fair, a lot of that movie was set in California and winter's kind of just it's not quite as blazing hot as it usually is <laughs> <laughs> true, but if it's Spider-Man then we
0: get a, a, a lovely New York Christmas which is great, you know
1: yeah. oh, so um, this just came in my head do you ever think about the bit in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York <laughs> where he just starts throwing bricks at the roof at the yeah. two guys that's attempted murder
0: <laughs> look, you could pick any moment from Home Alone 1 or 2 and call them attempted murder.
1: Oh, they did that in Mythbusters. They like set up the ballistic torso and did the paint can thing. They were just like, if this was a full paint can, this definitely would have killed the guy.
0: Yeah. That movie is ridiculous. Yeah. But also, absolutely love it. A great Christmas film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Spider-Man 3, we know little, little bits and pieces. Seemingly, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are returning, it would seem like. Yeah, that, I think... Uh, what it looks like is happening they've been on set or at least been cast or something like that I think that's uh, going
1: to be like next big arc since I think still- Trinity, so arc's starting to think it, next one's going to be about the multiverse so I think yeah. like I mean well Doctor Strange was already relatively important I mean Doctor Strange is going to become one of the big big players like I think he's definitely a even level of prominence I think he's going to take like Iron Man or Thor's place cause, I mean, sorry not Thor Iron Man or Captain America's place yeah, he, I think... He's the one who can most easily traverse the multiverse.
0: Yeah, or potentially even... I could even see him maybe becoming a sort of Nick Fury-type role as well, oh, but, like, the magic version of that, you know, where he can maybe pop up in movies that aren't his necessarily, but yeah. sort of sort of sparking off these alternate storylines without, like, needing to necessarily be involved.
1: Yeah, I, I do Know if i well, I don't think it's 2021, but I mean, if you want to talk about me, I'm excited about Sam Raimi's uh Doctor Strange movie, I'm so yeah, about that uh,
0: multiverse of madness. I think it's 2022, it didn't yeah. come up in the list whenever I was looking up, but I think it is one of the more closer in the future ones, unless it was maybe meant to be this year and got pushed back with everything else getting pushed back. I'm not sure, yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I'm I'm always interested to watch Sam Raimi movies. I think. I mean, I'm not going to lie; yeah. he's had some bad ones as well. As much as Spider Man Three has a special place in my heart, <laughs> I think yeah. it's not objectively a good movie. But I mean, he's he's, yeah. he's just an interesting enough director that you'd always watch what he does.
0: Definitely, I I'd be the same. I do. I really like. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man 1 and 2, I think, are incredible movies. And Spider-Man 3, similarly, has a special place in my heart. I feel like it's maybe to do with age a little bit. Like, we were we were at the perfect age to just love any kind of Spider-Man or, uh, you know, superhero movie that would come out. And it had cool characters and, uh, you know, edgy Green Goblin on a snowboard, you know?
1: I mean, if you view it as a comedy, it's absolute peak of the genre, I mean, <laughs> To be fair, <laughs> Definitely. The, the bit where he's walking down the street and does, like, the finger guns and does the jazz dancing, people take the piss out of that bit, but I actually think the people who do that misunderstand the bit, they think it's like, this is is... Supposed to be cool, but if you actually watch the faces of the other people in the scene, the whole point yeah. of the scene is that he's not cool, and everyone thinks he's an yeah, absolute it's, loser. It's
0: meant to be what what would an absolute nerd think being cool was? Yeah, you know, it's he he brushes his hair forward, he wears the black all black suit. You know, it, it's like if I if you didn't know what a cool person was, what would you think to do? Yeah, uh, and I think that is. Again, hilariously funny, but it's not exactly the like the the bleak mental torture of the Venom symbiote that we saw in Tom Hardy's
1: Venom. To be fair though, the one thing also we, had issues, but the one thing I would say was just objectively very good about the film is I think Sandman is actually one of the best villains yeah. in any I think
0: every every scene with Sandman in it I think is I mean, there's nearly a full movie there and, and that is all really good. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think if you look at that trilogy, the strength is in the villains. I mean, you've got Sandman in three excellent. I mean, great Green Goblin's good in the first one, but, I mean, then you've got Doc Ock in the second one is probably incredible. It is, it is, and I don't say it slightly in terms of villains and superhero movies, that is a Joker-level, per- a, a Dark Knight yeah. Joker-level performance is that good. I would agree.
0: I would agree. And I think... Well, I was going to say, I think you could absolutely bring him back into the MCU. But then again, I do love to see new versions of characters. So maybe just let that exist as Spider-Man 2, because it's great in that. Well, um, because it, it's, I think Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro for Spider-Man well, 3. He I, confirmed.
1: I, I just so, think everyone is coming from their respect of the universes. Like, I would say, I mean, you couldn't bring Doc Ock in. Uh, I think uh, Alfred Molina, I think. I want to say Alfred Molina was Doc Gok in Spider-Man 2. I don't think you can bring yep. him in to the current Marvel universe as yeah. Doc Ock. He is Doc Ock in that universe.
0: Exactly. With- Similarly to, as you say, like uh, the Dark Knight Joker yeah. exists perfectly in that universe, but he wouldn't exist in, say, may- maybe in a Justice League universe, but more so in like the comic book you know the more flamboyant comic booky uh, or animated movie side. You know, like Mark Hamill's Joker in, in some of the animated DC stuff. Yeah. The the Dark Knight Joker wouldn't work as well in that because it's it's this sort of very gritty, grounded, realistic portrayal. And so yeah, I think I think you're right.
1: Yeah, you really uh, yeah you're right. Mark Hamill's Joker is one of the best, but it's sort of like it, it needs to be in a comic booky sense. Like um, yeah. You can still have it dark. I mean, I, I think he was Joker in the first Dark, the first uh, Arkham Batman Arkham game, and it, that he yeah. worked in that. I mean, that was dark. That wasn't uh, sort of, but it was still comic booky. Uh, yeah. So I mean, similarly, it can not work in that sense. But
0: the animated Killing Joke is is really really good. Dark. Such That's a great portrayal, and it very dark. You know, um, but it's that thing of it's a really dark story, but his character is still so flamboyant, and so it, I, I always think of that as being, like, that's the sort of textbook by the book's Joker, you know, that's sort of the... It, I mean, I want to say, like, the paid-by-numbers Joker, but that sounds like it's an insult, but it, it's not by any means. I feel like that's the template, you know, Yeah. that you sort of all other Jokers will be judged upon.
1: Yeah, sort of a, Do you know that interesting one you... Mark Hamill did like all of the Joker, all of like the Joker animated stuff for years. You know, mm-hmm. he, for the Superman stuff, Lex Luthor, his actor was Quincy Brown, who was Mister Krabs and SpongeBob. Wow, well,
0: I did not know that at all. I thought you were going to say something else. I feel like there's another, probably another interesting fact there, and but yeah. that's that's really interesting. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. Love that though, I love returning characters, especially in voice acting it, it's so good. Oh,
1: something just fell behind me. <laughs> Hopefully, that didn't pick up. <laughs> I, I heard a it and it wasn't wider or anything.
0: No worries. Just everything falling apart around us. That's that's the alternate title for this podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I tried to re- <laughs> I tried to, to set up a closed room so I could so it could be quiet for me to record this. <laughs> since like uh, we started as i said the door of the room i'm in it's whatever way it is you don't need to pull the handle down to open it the handles kind of screwed up so both the handles know this so it started off the dog the dog hates closed rooms the dog just walked in to see what was happening then left so the doors open so i come up and close it then the cat realizes the same jump he he opens the door, then jumps up on the table, and that's when he walks across my phone, which sort of re- wrecked the recording the first time. And now he's sitting on my lap. It's, it's, Disaster. it's just gotten easier to leave the door open and let them walk around.
0: Fair enough. Listen, if anybody thought they were coming here for professionalism, I don't know how that thought would have entered their brain. Especially this being episode one. Yeah. Not set any kind of precedent. Um, but that—that's all of the MCU movies that are slated for this year. Uh, however, in a similar vein, we've got the Sony movies um, scheduled to come out in June. We have Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the second Venom movie uh, with Tom Hardy. I—I I yeah. quite enjoyed the first Venom movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, not. I—I I liked- Thought it was fun. Uh, and I, I'm excited enough to see this a bit. I'm a bit annoyed that it's Carnage as the villain, especially how, you know, in the first Venom movie, the villain was another symbiote, and then it just looks like it's going to be the same in the second one. I would much rather see Venom go up against
1: villains that weren't just Venom but a different colour, you know? I think at the moment the problem is with those movies, they basically only have symbiotes. Like, they would need to create a new character from scratch to bring them in. I don't think... Well, no,
0: they have all of the they have all of the all of the Spider Man characters because not... it's Sony. Sony still owns the Spider Man rights. They they loaned Spider Man out to Marvel. I, I, um, I, I, or to to I'd use Craven then. Not... Uh, that's what I thought as well. But I feel like also they're maybe saving Craven for the MCU because that again is a great yeah i like not... a, a great villain. So, but yeah, I don't know why they've seems like they're wasting you know all of these villains. Um, but maybe they're just maybe it's it's safer, you know. Uh it, I mean, to be fair, this is only the second movie in this Venom Sony Spider Verse yeah. um series. I suppose uh, the the MCU was making this mistake for countless movies at the beginning of just making their villain the hero, but slightly different. You know, uh, we saw that so many Man times. So. Iron Man was really bad for that. Even as recent as, like, Ant-Man is the CM, the yeah, first Ant-Man yeah, exactly. movie.
1: I think it's just because I yeah. the door they want... I mean, you don't always use the... They usually save the bigger one for the second movie, but a lot of them try to get in one of the big iconic villains in the first movie yeah. to get people interested. Like, I mean, Loki comes in the first Thor movie, uh, Captain America, you have Red Skull, uh, Iron Man you have... Uh, the the general guy whose name I can't remember. So he's like, uh, Iron Monger the Ironmonger
0: is the the name uh, Obadiah yeah. Stane
1: What? I name? remember. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. It's like I feel like the problem with Carnage is because him and Venom are so intertwinedly linked at this point in pop culture. Yeah. Like the longer you went without having Carnage in a Venom movie, have just been people asking, "Where's Carnage?"
0: Yeah. And we get Woody Harrelson in that wonderful, wonderful wig. So, what
1: can we complain about, really? <laughs> it's like with, I from my all time favourite between two ferns joke. Or <laughs> I, I think, I can't remember if it was Matthew McConaughey or Woody Harrelson being interviewed. Zach Gallatin, I guess, asks them So, if if you're here, are you worried that there's somewhere there's a hack not being sacked? <laughs> I think it was, I was, like, I was of Wolves, Matthew McConaughey, and it's, it was on the blip. we really just breaks, talking, laughing.
0: Yeah, between two Ferns is so funny, and but also just so ridiculous as well. Yeah. Um, but so many great la- like so many great like one liners like that in it. Yeah. Uh, and then our other Sony movie, similar again in the same sort of universe, we have Morbius with Jared Leto, yeah. the living vampire, uh, which we actually got a trailer for last year. It, um, it must have been scheduled to come out in 2020 and then been postponed. Uh, Jared Leto, I, I have I have absolutely zero feelings towards this. Yeah. I I don't. I'm
1: not excited or unexcited. <laughs> um, I think it's Jared Leto, Jared Leto, just generally not like, dampens my interest in seeing things. It's sort of a mixture yeah. of, he's like, I don't think he's as good as an actor as he thinks he is, and I think he just seems like he's mm-hmm. a bit of an asshole in real life. So it kind of just...
0: Yeah, I think it's sort of, it, He he always seems like an interesting personality, in terms of, you know, whether it's for good or bad, but then his roles, like when he is actually acting in a movie, it's never at least to me that interesting or engaging you know so it doesn't match it's you know
1: he i feel like recently he has also just been playing this like weird version of himself i think yeah you know for the amount of method Uh, acting he was supposedly doing on the set of suicide squad you you would have expected a slightly more original deck on the joker than what he managed to produce which was like some sort of tumblr version of the joker I, I I would like I, to say I to love that. I, <laughs> I did like sui- I I liked Suicide Squad. I just thought his version of the Joker was not good at all.
0: Yeah, no, I did like it too, and I thought it was a bit of a waste of the Joker. Again, it's been it's been said now that that was a lot of studio interference again, and that they apparently recorded so much footage with uh with the Joker, and like there was a whole plot about the Joker and Harley Quinn sort of flashback scenes and stuff. Uh, that we just never got to see their relationship. So apparently there was a lot of that movie that we didn't get to see. But then again, yeah, he was definitely wasted in that. Um, Because I at least least wanted to see, with, as you say, all of what he was doing behind the scenes, I wanted to see him just be weird, you know? And and we didn't
1: really get to see that. I think objectively the problem with that is there was a lot of characters in that movie that didn't get a lot of screen time, but were still really well done, like the characters were the strengths of that film but where other characters yeah, did a definitely. lot with their screen time, I feel like he did very little, or well not very yeah. little, he did too much with it and it ended up just looking like he was trying way too hard, like I mean you think I think obviously uh, the uh, uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn is sort of now like the template for Harley Quinn, she was so, like she was excellent, yeah. and I, thought, I actually thought Will Smith was really good as Deadshot. Uh, yeah, I, I just him. think when you compare his performance to other performances in the movie, it comes off looking very poor.
0: Definitely. Ophelia definitely.
1: Davis was good as Amanda Waller as well. She's sort of like a oh yeah, I Amanda really like Waller. Like that.
0: And um, Jai Courtney as uh, Captain Boomerang. I absolutely loved that that Jai Courtney uh, performance. Um apart from his weird unicorn relationship I find that a bit strange but uh everything else yeah. very enjoyed very much enjoyed boomerang um, a
1: character though it's basically just like bottom, yeah. like crocodile dundee with boomerangs <laughs> he's also yeah. a
0: bastard. it's it's sort of it also it toes the line of being like ridiculous and badass all at the same time yeah. you know Uh, which is such a such a great role to be able to play to be like i am so stupid but also one of the coolest characters and like yeah how how can you pull that off being a character
1: who throws boomerangs it it a bit to make it believable like it's if they did it the right way like i mean if you try and somehow make them like edgy and say oh these are like super high tech drones with autopilot or something everyone going, oh, that's just lame they just having a Australian yeah. who throws exploding boomerangs it's class, you don't have to Definitely. do anything else
0: <laughs> I think there are, there are there are so many comic book characters that you have to update and make them work in the universe or for movies, but there are some where just, just leave them don't touch them and that's exactly how I, you want it to be, and I feel like especially something like Suicide Squad, that's how you want them, you know you want them to be comic book accurate,
1: just I'm silly, ridiculous so characters. For when they eventually worked down the list and put in Polka Dot Man and the and the Batman. Universe. Uh, Polka, Polka Dot Man is uh, meant to be
0: in the the new Suicide Squad, um, and <laughs> or not James Cameron? James Cameron? James um, Gunn. James Gunn. Thank you. James, oh god, James Cameron's Suicide Squad would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: just all every character is just wearing grey. <laughs> that's that's the movie. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that. That's definitely something I'm excited
1: for. Oh well, we're actually getting to the point of the twenties. where We're supposedly supposed to get like four Avatar movies in a row. I know we're we're uh,
0: the countdown clock is ticking for James Cameron now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, The Suicide Squad is meant to come out in August. Um, James Gunn, Suicide Squad. I think that's going to be great. Did,
1: did they say? I feel like it's John- going to be. John Cena was playing in that. I think he's in it.
0: Yes, he is playing Peacemaker, who's basically like a. I, I think the idea is general is that he's a sort of Captain America that's just gone far too far. You know, he's this sort of patriot, pa- uh, patriot slash. Vigilante, but that is very much just
1: a character like gone in the comic book series of the boys, and I think he's coming into. Yeah, it's it's he's he's going to be in the next series of the boys. Jensen Ackles plays him uh, from Supernatural. I class. Uh, Can't remember what his name is, but it's the same concept. There's there's no oh yeah. Jim Carrey's movie. I've not seen Kick Ass two because apparently it's not supposed to be very good. But that's basically what Jim Carrey's character in Kick Ass two is as well.
0: Okay, uh, it's actually I think it's very similar to, or possibly even based on, or the other way around. The character is based on him, the comedian from Watchmen. Yeah, I think it's it's meant to be along the oh, same yeah, lines.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, um but I think Peacemaker is. Or at least in this version is going to be a bit more flamboyant, especially with that ridiculous helmet. He has this awful-looking silver chrome helmet, yeah. and it looks ridiculous. But again, that is that's sort of the thing I'm most looking forward to in the Suicide Squad is just like James Gunn does not hold him back at all. I mean, you there know,
1: for a character called the comedian, there's nothing funny about him. He's yeah, a really true. dark character.
0: Incredibly so um but yeah that is supposedly coming to hbo max which i do not have Uh, Um, i don't know if we can can we even get hbo max here i don't know um Uh, i
1: don't know i presume if they're going to do a release like that they're maybe thinking of it like i mean i i I know if you sky atlantic gets most of the hbo stuff like i mean that's where game of thrones and watchmen and the wire and the sopranos is all on
0: yeah, I don't think we do have HBO Max, or at the very least, I don't
1: know anybody here who has it.
0: So, I assume these will get some kind of release here that we can watch in some way because HBO is releasing their entire slate of movies is just all going to come to HBO Max this year. So we have Godzilla versus Kong, which I'm definitely excited for, uh, just to see two big monsters
1: punching up a city. I've uh, seen any of, nothing. Like I haven't seen the, either the Godzilla movie or. King Kong I have seen uh,
0: the first Godzilla and I've seen Kong I haven't seen King of Monsters yet Um, but the Kong movie especially I really really enjoyed Um, I thought it was very just a very good movie Uh, In the Heights this is one that I'm excited for is scheduled for June Um, again obviously people won't know because it's the first episode but we are big musical fans as well. Uh, and in the Heights, this is Lin-Manuel Miranda's the first musical he wrote before yeah. Hamilton. Um, and yeah, I've, I've never, I haven't seen the show, but I've, I've listened to the soundtrack and it's it oh, it's yeah. great. It's a great one. And the movie looks really good. There was a trailer for it. Obviously it was must have been meant to come out last year or at least the trailer came out last year for it. And uh, I think it looks really, really yeah. good.
1: No, I, 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 People won't realise just because it's obviously been overshadowed by Hamilton now and he's a household name yeah. in the UK because of it, people don't realise that he was very famous for In the Heights before. Um yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Like I mean, I saw I saw a thing where he was in a video and this was sometime between In the Heights and Hamilton and he was introduced as four time Tony Award winner. Uh yeah. Then Manuel Miranda. Like I mean, he wasn't Really, really famous, but he was definitely well known. Uh,
0: yeah, especially
1: on like the Broadway circuit
0: and anything like that. Um, but I, I think that's going to be great. We also have. Look, are you are you a big Space Jam fan? Space Jam? No, I never watched it. <laughs> oh, you got to watch Space Jam. I'm a big Space Jam fan. Very aware of the fact that it's bad, but nonetheless. I've, I think it's such it's a great good. movie and I am very excited therefore excited for Space Jam A New Legacy coming out in July no idea what to expect The I don't know if it's the official synopsis or if it's just behind the scenes leaks or whatever but um, it's been said that apparently the idea with this is going to be, obviously it's, it's Looney Tunes again I think it's LeBron James yeah. is the the basketball yeah. player in this uh, but they are they're going to be traversing the Warner brothers universe so they're going to be going through all different Warner brothers movies uh and that is very exciting to me because there's just lim- limitless possibilities there for what they can what they can go through
1: yeah did you ever watch that uh i think it was just called the Chun's movie it was i could not even think when well, it was probably mid to late 90s it was I, I it still holds up. Like I mean, Space Jam's kind of like it's probably a little bit people's nostalgia for it, but like the Looney Tunes movie, yeah, definitely holds up. It's I did it Brandon Fraser or something.
0: I don't remember this movie. I may not have seen it, it was, at all. It
1: was like it was done like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like it was the Looney Tunes, yeah, yeah, like a live action setting. Uh, I know it was just really funny, um, especially. Uh, Martian Manhunter was really funny isn't
0: it. <laughs> Mar- Do you mean
1: Marvin the Martian? Sorry, ma- not Martian Manhunter, Mar- 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 <laughs> Martian Manhunter from the yeah, DC yeah, universe. I mean, say they, the same Martian That would be a crossover. <laughs> are you talk about party <laughs> in the Marvel universe. I mean, DC are going to have a heck of a problem trying to bring Martian Manhunter in and keeping everything balanced. <laughs> I mean, co- I've, they've.
0: I mean, they've had that problem with Superman already. Like we've already seen Superman just really struggled to have anyone who he can kind of accurately battle in a way that's engaging you know there's been a real like just mix of him being overpowered and underpowered at certain times and it yeah i feel like that was a big one of their big mistakes with batman versus superman for me at least was not having a well-established sort of gauge on how powerful superman should be not
1: the neck of the only guy on his par level (laughs) the first movie fair enough fair enough it's kind of a problem Um, and then yeah uh
0: and then the the other one other thing i've written for hbo max is dune you got any kind of feeling towards that Have you read it read the book
1: or i i've not read the book i'm vaguely familiar with it i think i don't envy anyone trying to adapt dune it's to me sort of from my understanding of dune trying to do one dune film for the entire book would be like if you tried to do all three lord of the rings in one movie it is such a big book
0: yeah um yeah i don't again similar I'm, i'm vaguely familiar i'll definitely watch it um but i wouldn't say i'm massively excited for it i think it'll just be interesting to see and yeah i hope, I hope it's done well it's, kind of, it's an interesting it's an interesting universe so i'd be happy to see that it's kind
1: of like a difficult time for, to do no i mean sort of going back to lord of the rings it sits for the sci-fi genre sort of like where lord of the rings sits for the fantasy genre it, it's mm. it's sort of what walk- precedes everything in terms of sci-fi literature well it doesn't literally precede everything because I mean obviously the Isaac Asimov books would be the original sci-fi books but only insofar as it is it set the bar for sci-fi novels and yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like it's it's hard to come in and do a series like that I mean Lord of the Rings kind of had a feel of like a once-in-a-lifetime movie series because of just like how much backing it got the money uh, the quality of the director the quality of the cast like i mean that was a perfect story elements as for me it's really hard to see someone come in and produce something of that level now it's it kind of feels like we're not in that era of filmmaking anymore like grand epics aren't a thing like yeah I know, especially you if you look at other attempts to sort of adapt other series of that magnitude recently. I mean, uh, the Mortal Engines movie completely flopped. Uh, the Dark R yeah. completely flopped. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of the people who want to do series like this are now just turning them to TV because it gives you more scope to tell the story. Like um, his Dark Materials is being done as a TV series. Yeah, I've not no, I've not watched it. But I know it's supposed to be good, and just
0: yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, as I just well. feel
1: like you're in a very difficult time now to try and do movie films in that way.
0: Yeah, I was definitely surprised they didn't make June a TV series. It seemed like that was what it was sort of. Again, that's what it would fit as, like, like you're saying. So I was definitely surprised that they went for yeah. this big, big epic. But then again, maybe, maybe we're overdue one. You know. Um, i think as well it's, so i'd be happy for it to
1: work out it's it's harder to get funding from those for studios uh, studios like sort of lower and safer investments especially if you can take one an existing property which is why in the past few years we've gotten rambo <laughs> movies and <a> predator <laughs> movies just oh that predator movie was horrible
0: I, did you watch it, the most recent Predator film? No, because I had eyes and saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the trailer had some some cool visuals in it. So I was like, I'll watch this. And I, I thought at worst, it'll be just a popcorn action movie. And boy, I was so wrong. It That movie is just abysmally bad. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you think about it with trailers, realistically, they'll put a lot of the best stuff in it. If the trailer looks like it's a trailer for a three star movie, it's probably going to be closer to a two or one star movie.
0: Yeah, I know it is it does really speak volumes to the, the absolute quality and sort of respect that the Marvel movies have gained that uh, that they can actively remove things from trailers that are cool yeah. as a means to throw people off you know so they don't reveal too much about the movie. I mean, that is. That speaks so much to, like, you have established such a universe here, you know. I'll tell
1: you which movies had the best trailers and marketing campaigns recently Deadpool. Mm -hmm. I mean, the marketing campaign for those is something to enjoy in and of itself. Still still think the favorite one. Definitely. They they edited the the scenes for Deadpool 1 to make it look like a romance movie.
0: Yeah, that is. And they had the billboards as well. It was. because it it released on valentine's day i think didn't it yeah yeah yeah. that is I, i mean i would just love to hear hear people's stories of you know uh wives girlfriends boyfriends who didn't know about the character of deadpool you know go invited them out on this date to see deadpool for valentine's day and the shock oh i would love to see that you know i imagine like uh, middle-aged and older couples taking their Valentine's Day out, thinking, oh, we'll maybe go to the cinema. What What looks good? Oh, here's this lovely romantic movie we can go and see, Deadpool. You know? And then just,
1: wow. Listen, <laughs> you know? I think for some people if you get them past this crudeness, I I feel like there's something to enjoy in Deadpool for everyone. Like, it's, Definitely, it's a good yeah. action sequence. It's very funny. And to be fair, some of the relationships in the movie are actually quite touching. Like,
0: um... oh yeah, as as he says in in Deadpool two, you know it it's a family movie. That that movie is about family, and it really is the the heavy hitting story beats
1: do definitely hit hard. You know, I love his relationship with Colossus.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, that is such a great, great little dynamic he gets the
1: boombox outside the house, like from like, bit... <laughs> oh, that is.
0: Moving on to some, I mean, heavy hitter studio wise, we've got the Disney releases. However, there isn't too much here that I am dying about, if I'm honest. Uh, We have new Pixar movies and and Disney animated movies that I I hadn't seen much about, so I didn't really bother writing down. We got a trailer recently for Raya and the Last Dragon. Did you watch
1: that trailer? Uh, I, I don't think I've even heard of that movie.
0: It's it's the next uh, big Disney animated movie, you know, in line with your Moanas okay. and Tangleds and the stuff. And um, I'm not
1: sure. I honestly, to be, have not heard anything about this movie.
0: No, it it was. I think it was maybe just a teaser trailer. It didn't reveal very much, but it looks interesting enough. Uh, I think yeah, I'm excited to see more about it. Um, I I do I do very very much enjoy those Disney animated yeah. movies. I've enjoyed. Uh, Tangled and Moana, especially the more recent yeah. ones. Um, I think they're, they're some of my favourite favorite Disney movies. So I'm excited for it, yeah, but until we know more, I'm sort of not passing too much judgment. I hope it's a musical. Um, I, I hope it is a musical because I, I think they're most, they are sort of Disney's strongest suit. But then again, maybe they want to take a break from that. Although, Who knows?
1: I, I like with sort of both Disney and Pixar, I like when they pick the cultures of certain places and base the movie around like yeah. that like doing the Poly- polynesian mythology for um moana doing uh, the whole mexican concept of death for coco i think yeah. or looking like, even at medieval scottish times for brave i think it's just
0: definitely i think that they are doing something similar here with with the dragon um uh, and some of the some of the visuals and stuff however i didn't actually look it up so i don't want to say anything right now uh, as to i don't want to get it wrong but um i'll look it up and I'll, I'll see more about what they are exploring here hopefully they're doing something real something you know that they can draw upon because like you say i think that is one of their dragons biggest it
1: might be china
0: I think it is it is Asian culture of some description, but I just I'm not sure uh, off the top of my head. I didn't. China's one of the biggest movie uh,
1: markets in the world. I mean, I remember it's yeah. like if if you can market your camp, if you can market your movies to Chinese audiences specifically, even if it's crap, for uh, there's just so much many people in that country will make a ton of money. Like one of the highest grossing movies of all time is Warcraft. You find someone yeah. in the UK who watched Warcraft. You're going for really
0: do. I watched. I watched twenty minutes of it. Was it
1: bad? It looked bad.
0: It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, the I think the top two highest grossing movies of last year, because I, I looked it up just for interest and also for this podcast, because now I can say it. Uh, they were both movies I had never seen before, both Chinese movies, and uh, I hadn't even heard of them. And they were the highest grossing movies of last yeah. year. Like higher than, I mean, obviously not much came out last year, so fair enough.
1: But, um, you know,
0: still, that's crazy.
1: Even if you got like a tenth of the population to go see your movie, that's a movie audience that's a third of the size of the USA.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also from Disney, we have The Kingsman, which I think will be good. The the Kingsman prequel, which it feels like that's been coming out for so long.
1: That one got kicked down the road, rightly didn't it? That must have been like just about to yeah. release before the first lockdown.
0: I reckon it was because there were de- there were some definitely around about last year when we first went into lockdown that it was that were meant to come out and it was that thing of deciding should we just release this now or put it straight onto streaming because it's meant to come out or hold off. Uh, Kingsman I think is one of those and uh, the James Bond No Time to Die yeah. definitely comes to mind for that because it has been postponed. Yeah. I don't know how many times. Um, I just I feel bad for that movie because I feel like ultimately it's. I feel like it's not going to be that world changing for James Bond. Well, it's
1: it's um, it's got to bring the Daniel Craig era to close. So it's I think it's yeah it's, it's there's going to be a lot. So I imagine they'll probably just try and close everything to set up for the so. era of bonds. So I mean they're going to have to try and resolve um his storylines and they're going to have to try and bring in a resolve specter so it's a shame for christoph waltz i mean he deserves more than two movies i assume i assume he's going to be back for this um yeah
0: yeah no i think i think hopefully it does all tie together i'm not like rami Rami malik's back yeah um Yeah, I'm not like a massive Bond fan, but I I watch the movies and I enjoy them, but I think I I never really have paid too much close attention to the storyline in terms of like all of the backstory stuff. I feel like that's a bit lost on me, just because, again, it's not one of my... It's not a major franchise that I love, but, yeah, I think... Daniel Craig has been such a staple of it for so long, so I think he deserves a a good close.
1: By the time this movie's released, I think it's going to be 15 years between the first and last of his movies, (laughs) which... Wow, I think. I mean, that's that's an era. If like... you look at individual stints, like I think Sean Connery's technically longer, but that's only because there was a movie release called "Uh, You Only Live Twice" again or something, which wasn't. It wasn't a James Bond movie, that yeah. Bond movie, but wasn't like an official one because it wasn't on yes, video. yes. So I mean, it's yeah if if you go between his first movie and that movie, he's the longest Bond, but if you go between his first movie and his last official movie, then I think Daniel Craig's the longest serving by far.
0: Yeah. Um, no, it very much reminds me of like the Hugh Jackman Wolverine as well, yeah. you know, in, in terms of that staple and that sort of synonymous with the character. Um, but to be synonymous with the character, especially like James Bond, where it's yeah. been so many people for so long, I feel like you know, there are obviously people who come to mind, but Daniel Craig has now become one of those top ones that you will straight away say, you know, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. Like, that would be the ones I would be able to rattle off, yeah. you know?
1: Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's hard with a role like that because, I mean, obviously it's made him internationally successful and instantly recognisable, but it's hard... To not get typecast after doing that. I think he's done well to avoid that. I mean, if you look at a few of his recent roles, like he was brilliant in Knives Out, and was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. He of, was also uh... like, I mean, it couldn't have been further from James Bond and Logan Lucky.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, he's played some great roles, and I, I think. It's, yeah, it is one of those things where him leaving James Bond has actually just made me more excited to see him in other things. You know, especially now I've seen him in, uh, yeah, Logan Lucky and and Night's Out, especially. It's not a thing of being like, oh, it's the end of that era. It's more like, oh, I'm really excited to see what Daniel Craig's going to go on to yeah. now. I think it's. Um, hopefully, some more Nice Out movies, because that was superb. I would love to see more from that character. I imagine
1: he has to say no to a lot of action movie roles, because I mean, He's a good fit for it because obviously he's known as James Bond. Uh, he's extraordinarily handsome, uh, so I mean, I think he. I mean, to get to those roles like nice Sight and Logan, like he probably has to say no to a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, but it it is good because I I feel like it is also a, a shame a lot of the time that you see some like really quality actors yeah. be just shunted off to like muscle, you know, yeah. just to be meat to run in and shoot people. Um, which is a shame because, like Daniel Craig, I'm I'm very glad that didn't happen because it could have happened so easily, and we never would have got to see like his range. Um, now from Disney, we also have. Are you excited? Look for Cruella, the Cruella Deville, gritty reboot origin I, story. I'm not sure if that's one what it is.
1: question: Is Helena Bonham Carter playing her?
0: No, it's Emma Stone. I think whenever I looked it up earlier. Which I, it it looked like it should have been Helena Bonham
1: Carter. I mean, for me, the, if you're casting a Crowell-developed movie, there's one person you can pick. It's uh, this isn't me slagging off Emma Stone. She's a very good actor, but I mean, come on, you're who's <laughs> more ready-made for the roles than Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah, exactly. I, I could, unless
0: Emma Stone is playing a different character just in the movie, but I thought it said that she was I mean, playing Crowell. I, I, I could be wrong. I know nothing about this I movie. I
1: it. It's just like if Helena Bonham Carter didn't exist, I'd probably go, like, "Okay, that's that's pretty good casting." But it's the fact that you've got like the most tailor-made person for a role you yeah. can ever want. Like, come on.
0: Especially something like Cruella Deville, it's sort of a, it is a bit of an ageless character anyway. So it's not like you have to have to go young, you know, to get the plucky teenage Cruella Deville.
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as is going to be, like, something on the style of Maleficent or whatever, there's no way you can really I imagine her so... as the hero. Is, like, she's just an objectively terrible person. She wears dogs as well. Yeah, I don't,
0: how, I don't know how they're going gonna to portray the the dog killer as a, as the hero for this story, but... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of have... I don't care about this movie at all. I'll probably watch it because that's an interesting idea. But generally, these fall on my least favourite side of the reboot um, genre. You know, Disney, like, they're doing obviously all of their live action remakes, which I've liked some of. Uh, Well, I liked Aladdin.
1: I I just can't help but feel that this character development he'll just be disappointingly by the numbers. Whereas if they like with a character like yeah action, exactly just go so OTT and can't just be make yeah. something really yeah. funny
0: Because if you compare the likes of the live action reboots, which I I have quite enjoyed some of, or at least enjoyed the idea of, compared that to your Maleficent and even the more recent Dumbo movie, that was a bit of like it was sort of a departure and a bit different. Those I feel like have been really disappointing. For me, at least, I, I didn't find Maleficent that engaging. I've not watched most uh, of
1: these. just don't catch my interest it, at all.
0: Yeah, no, this feels very much like it's going to be another, just one of those to throw on the pile, so I'll 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 watch it if it's on Disney+, Plus. you know, <laughs> as with most of these things. And this I did not know anything about, but it came up when I googled it. West Side Story? Yeah. Uh, Disney produced West Side Story in December. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard anything about that until I was prepping for this yeah pretty excited for that love west side story
1: yeah no i again sorry i'm feeling a spent this thing saying no happens not, I've, I've never actually watched west side story the whole way through i know most of the big songs but, um, yeah it's not something i've ever watched i think it's like the the movie from the 60s or whenever is ridiculously it, long it is yes yeah, very long um it's
0: it's it's worth a watch, you know. Once once through, it's it is insanely camp, yeah. And just musically, but is, it's 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 pretty much a direct direct from the stage to camera. Like it, it could have been, it could have been a stage recording, you know. Apart from the 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 setting, is, is West Side
1: Story um, not where the aggressive finger snapping thing comes from?
0: Yes, yeah. It's it's synonymous with that that musical theater snap click you know uh but it it west side story for me i always consider west side story as being like the the template for a musical it's you know when you say when you describe something as being like a musical west side story is what i think of you know in terms of very camp and cheesy plot wise but still very impressive musically and uh you know, with with dance and with acting, like all of those things coming together in that sort of way. Mus- uh, West Side Story and Grease would be my other one, where it's like that's what a musical is, you know.
1: Mm. I sort of, I still picture all of her because I think it's probably one of the first ever. So,
0: yeah, true, true. That's, that's... It's all,
1: it's very, they're very old school and classic kind of uh,
0: associations. That's two
1: different sort of styles, so you get like, I mean. You've got sort of what was the traditional American uh, one that sort of like, um, oh, his name slipped from my head, but he wrote um, West Side Story. Sort of had that started like the American musicals, uh, the, mm. the modern ones, sorry, I should say. I mean, you, beyond that, you had uh, Far Back, you had Singing in the Rain and Chorus Line and all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which sort of was the golden era of Hollywood. Uh, but you can compare that to movies like Oliver were direct the sentence of the British Operetta, which were basically halfway between a musical and an opera. So, I mean, from those years, like, uh, it was like Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance or the HMS Pinafore, which also... Yeah,
0: even up to, to like, your Les Mis and stuff, you know, which is very much, again, just such a classic um, sort of it it is it's interesting sort of seeing the in such different such different
1: musicals, but still seeing those three lines in some areas. Yeah. You know uh, that um, the HMS Pinafore spawn my favorite ever Simpsons joke. It says uh, it's the it's in the Cape Fear parody episode where sideshow Bob's about to murder. he says any last requests, Bart gets him to sing the entire score from the HMS oh. Pinafore. <laughs> 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 that <laughs> uh
0: there, there is nothing like some old-school Simpsons, yeah. most definitely. I think
1: that's what would happen um, if I got Disney, plus they're and like The Mandalorian or whatever, just end up binging Old Simpsons.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so easy to just come across something that you're like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while, and then you're just yeah. four hours deep into Phineas and Ferb and don't realise where the time's gone. Yes. Um, like,
1: I think my brain broke the other day. I sat and watched like, Family Guy. I mean, the... I, I do like Family Guy. I think some people give it a hard time. I just sat and watched some of the new newer episodes of Family Guy and sat and laughed my backside off and I sort of thought, is this even funnier is my or is or is <laughs> like just the mix of everything happening at the moment just broken my brain.
0: True. Family Guy has some great jokes, yeah. just you know, just solid jokes, just set up punchline. Oh yeah. And I'll make you laugh every time. There like- was
1: one that was definitely good where it was like the end of one of the episodes where uh, something awkward happens and Lois tries to ask Peter about it and he just starts taking the knee with an American football which is I, I'm, I'm not trying to be patronising but no, you know you don't really watch American football so it's like when yeah, the so. time's about to expire in a match and you have yeah. the ball instead of playing you'll making a play you'll wait for the end of the shot clock and then just take a knee to keep it going Uh just the yeah. episode ended with him taking a knee.
0: Incredible. Yeah, there are some great jokes there. Like um, listen, we've gone for quite a while, so I think we'll maybe just do movies for this okay. episode and then we'll come back into our TV shows. I've got a couple of a couple of movies to finish us off that are just a couple of random ones that, that I came across. Um The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard.
1: Have you seen the Hitman's Bodyguard? I did and I actually I actually really enjoyed it. It was
0: So did I. I only watched it recently. Um like maybe a month ago, uh, you know, while sort of locked down just finding movies to watch. And it it was really enjoyable.
1: It was sort of like one of those ones, okay, not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but the mix of a quite funny script and well casted characters I thought made it really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um but yeah, I'm excited to I would definitely watch another movie, you know, with those characters in it. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I think it'll
1: be fun as you say, I think like that is gonna feature Salma Hayek's uh the, the the titular wife in it more because I mean she she yes, yes. the scene every time she was yeah. in the first movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I yeah, I'm excited to see all of the interaction between those characters because it was flawless. I'm pretty sure
1: she single handedly brought the edge right the edge rating up for that movie. She, <laughs> she was filed by... <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we have Uncharted in July with Tom Holland, uh, uh, which I think will be interesting. You've played the Uncharted games, haven't you? Uh, I've
1: played two of them, yes. Uh, big fan you of them. Fan? It was always going to end up being adapted into a movie because, I mean, those games aren't really cinematic. They're basically our movies. Uh, so it's like, kind of if you played them, you would not... Uh, Tom Holland maybe only fits as a younger Drake It's it's it's. I, I will watch it, but I think it's interesting casting. I think the one everyone said for years they thought would get it was Nathan Fillion, but I, I think yeah. now. I mean, the, in case I <laughs> thought Jens Nathan Fillion listens to this podcast, I think it's unlikely. <laughs> but just to cover it, I love Nathan Fillion, and I think he's brilliant. And I would love him to be cast in way more things. But he probably is now a little too old to play Drake.
0: Yeah. Uh, listen, look, I I think Nathan Fillion is for sure going to listen to this episode. I mean, it's got we've got guest star Luke McKay on the episode. You know, I think it's a matter of time before Nathan Fillion's listening.
1: Uh, just please, Mister Fillion. <laughs> I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just. It's just. This this whole podcast is just one episode. We never we never air again because Nathan
1: Fillion sends us a request to no longer make the podcast. I just get an email. It was like letter to the editor from the Times. <laughs> I was listening to your podcast recently when I was perturbed to hear
0: <laughs> I was personally insulted on your podcast. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I I just think if it meant Nathan Fillion listened, I'd be happy enough to get that. Uh, that I'd get
1: in order framed, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it would be an autograph from Nathan Fillion. But I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll control myself here because if you get me started on Nathan Fillion, I will go. for is, I think, he is just fantastic and should be in far more things.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know much about the Uncharted games. I, I have no idea about when this is going to be set or anything, so maybe well, he is playing a younger well, character. actually, but... the one
1: thing that makes me think it's going to be younger is that uh, Mark Wahlberg's playing Sully, who in the games, I would say, has to be in his 60s or se- early 70s. Right, okay. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's late 40s, early 50s, so I imagine it is, maybe. Years. yeah so as a, as a pre as a prequel maybe it'll work quite well i
0: i know nothing about the games but i i would hope that uh, as with any sort of um you know making a, a game or sort of converting anything from game or book or whatever it is to movie but i think games especially um it's better to maybe follow a different story or different plot than the games follow just because yeah. as you say like these games so many games now especially are so cinematic that it doesn't really make sense to just follow the storyline of the game and and re sort of rewatch things that have already happened. Yeah. You
1: know, no, I mean especially it's because uh, the the only thing is when you write a plot for a video game, it's a plot that's designed to sort of carry the player over a course of a story that can be maybe ten to twelve hours. So it's like it's it's hard to transfer that to a movie, which is only going to last maybe ninety minutes. So it's yes. Yeah there's not a big selection of good video game movies to choose from but i would say the ones that have been good are do as you say do not follow uh, an event that happens in one of the games yeah i mean um sorry go ahead it's not like we're talking about the past as well Uh, to be fair this isn't me slagging off video game blogs. i mean i remember people used to say video games had porno writing the plot was just an excuse for <laughs> the action to happen
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a great analogy as well um but yeah i that is definitely true the, the whole point of a video game is that you play it and you don't watch it you know yeah. so i feel like there is a there is a toe, a line to two there of making a video game with a really engaging plot mm. is going to be a bit boring for example like if your if your game has a lot of mystery in it unless the point of it is that it's a mystery game or mm. like a detective game it could it can become boring for a player to figure out where you're meant to go yeah. next, you know to have no waypoint system to learn where who yeah. the villain is as you go through again unless that's a very unless that's very much the point of the game yeah. but- it would be engaging to be not knowing what you're fighting the whole time or, or where you're going the whole time that you know it doesn't work for a video game but at the same time in a movie you can see why that would be boring. Yeah, video
1: games also tend to have a ton of exposition throughout the game, whereas in movies you don't have the yeah. luxury of being able to do that. I'd, I'd honestly love to see one attempt. someone attempt to make Metal Gear Solid, Understandable in a 2 hour film. <laughs> it just wouldn't work.
0: Yeah, or the, the Gears of War franchise.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think probably I'll probably end up watching an Uncharted movie. I wouldn't I would say probably people maybe shouldn't get their hopes too high. Not so much because yeah. of the people involved in this movie. I think it's a decent selection of actors, but more just because how video game movies have gone in the past. I do apologise. I think if yeah. recording. You'll be able to hear my dog barking at this point.
0: That's okay. I can't. I think my dog was just as bad earlier. So as we said, professionalism is not what we're looking for. Mm.
1: People only tend to really like dogs when you're doing a video thing. They don't work so well over audio.
0: No, no. The audio of dogs is far less enjoyable as a general rule. Um, yeah. The last movie I have here, which is one I'm definitely excited for, is uh, Death on the Nile. Yeah. Follow up to the Murder on the Orient Express. Um, which I, I really enjoyed, Murder on the Orient Express. I, uh, I, love, I love a good mystery. I do think it has been overshadowed by Knives Out because I think Knives Out was just mm. such an incredible murder mystery. But in terms of like a, a classic, you know, bringing back some of these classic murder mysteries, I, I'm happy to see it. I love that um that sort of era and that yeah. style, that stylized sort of uh, the the fashion and yeah. and and everything about like that setting is My so cool. Is a big fan uh, of
1: Agatha Christie. He's read a lot
0: of the books. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to watch this. It's again a great, another great cast. I, I like the, the idea of these, um, you know, the, this version of the the Poirot. Um, yeah. Stories of making them these quite big eventful movies. You know, bringing in a, a quite star-studded cast and. Uh, yeah sort of making it this big event I, I like that as an idea i'm not
1: sure if they're releasing one this year so i don't know if we'll cover it in the tv one or not but i mean to be honest in terms of pyro i'm more excited for the next john Malkovich pyro series it's uh i didn't know that it was a it thing was, uh, they did the abc murders uh, i'm trying to think if that was okay that 20... no, was no it was 2019 no it was really good john Malkovich was a great pyro but i mean he's great in everything oh, I don't...
0: I don't think I ever saw that I, yeah I love John Malkovich so I'll look I'll look into that awesome well that's the last thing I have Luke is there anything you're
1: looking forward to this year movie wise Movie um I, I'm currently on Fast and Furious 2 so if I ever work my well, sorry just watch Fast and Furious 2 so if I ever make my way up I might be excited for Fast and Furious 9 which I think is this year
0: okay uh, yeah I, I i never got into the fast and furious franchise um it's just not something i ever is. ever had much of an in. but you know it's all about family at the end of the day isn't it and coronas well
1: and corona well, not so much the, but i'll tell you what i've, I've loved it there's the simple, they're the most simplistic movies you will ever get it's, it's just pure distilled action it's just Fast cars, shooting explosions, yeah. <laughs> Feel, free and enjoy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, no, I think, and also, like, people have said that. sort is it from from five? They're meant to get get pretty good, so maybe I will get into well, I, them.
1: I've, I've, um, as I said, I've only watched the first two so far, but I mean, I thought they were good. Um, okay. Uh, three. Three's next one thing going to, in the series is tokyo drift people tokyo drift i think wasn't as popular at the time as the first two but now i think tokyo drift's not is like retrospectively one of the most popular in the series
0: oh cool yeah uh i'll maybe get onto that that feels like a pretty solid lockdown yeah. kind of viewing thing to watch especially like something a, a massive series like or series of movies like that that i haven't seen before um, it's definitely something to get into. And it's, yeah, anything that's an easy watch yeah. is like the peak type of entertainment yeah. at the moment. The first
1: two are still somewhat grounded in reality as well. And you know, by like the seventh or eighth movie, The Rock's like catching missiles with his hands, which I am <laughs> here for. I, it does sound that's grounded in reality. But yeah. I mean, if you're the sort of person who prefers more grounded action movie, the first two are, are a bit more believable. They still have their ridiculous moments, but they are a bit more believable.
0: Excellent. Uh, well, before we before we sign off, what out of the movies we've sort of been talking about? What are you most most anticipating, most excited for this year?
1: I'm going to go with No Time to Die. I'm I am i i am I'm a big James Bond fan. I I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it, it will feel like the end of an era because I mean Daniel Craig's been James Bond for probably for. Seventy five percent of my life, nearly. So, yeah, so it's an end veneer.
0: I think mine's a bit of a toss up. I think my I don't know if it's most anticipated. I think Spider Man three, then the next Spider Man maybe provided it comes out this year because it's slated for December, and if anything gets pushed around, yeah. you know. But if it comes out this year, that's I think that's the thing I, I think I'm probably going to like yeah. the most. But in terms of most anticipated. I think uh, maybe the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's yeah. Suicide Squad. I I'm really excited to see that. I love all of the casting and the characters, and I, I did really like really enjoy the last Suicide yeah. Squad movie. But also, I'm I'm just really excited for this as a vision. I think it's going to be really colorful and flamboyant and Great sort of cast. just ridiculous. And that yeah, the cast is sort of the cast has made it for me. So I think that's and I'm, I'm anticipating that a lot. I think that could be a great one.
1: The, I forgot to say it at the time. Is um, there a in that one or am I misremembering?
0: I f- think you might be right, but I, I couldn't say off the top of my head, but I, that sounds familiar. There's so many yeah. people in that. Like, There's so many great, yeah. great people in yeah, that I mean, cast. Um, but I think you might be I'll right, yeah. The
1: technology, look at the
0: cast for that one, because I mean, I, I'm excited yeah, for that one. Yeah, Um but I think I'm also, I'm I'm really expecting something to come out of left field this year and be really good, especially after like some of the things that we watched last year. Obviously not much came out last year, but the little movies that were coming out that we were seeing that weren't the, you know, that weren't your big MCU and Disney yeah, movies. I, I'm thinking something's going to come out and surprise me. So that's that's what I'm hoping for this year, because that's probably my favorite thing about um some of the non-blockbuster well, movies.
1: Is. Yeah, your favorite movie in the year never ends up being one you expect it to, to be like.
0: Yeah. I mean what did I, I my favourite movie of last year, again not much came out last year of course, but my favorite movie of last year was The yeah. Gentleman, which was a movie that I was you know was considering not even seeing. And it was my favorite movie of last year. I thought it was incredible. I think I said it as well, so, didn't uh yes or possibly I'm sure uh Possibly birds of prey, no, maybe
1: that came out last year.
0: I didn't see birds of prey. So. Pre- that would have been it. Would have been between those two for me. There was something else that we talked about, but I can't remember. I assume I said and um, love saying
1: the gentleman because I mean it was. Yeah, we both loved I that. Think so. I saw probably less than three, three or less movies in cinemas last year. So <laughs> I think yeah, one yeah. One of them was Star Wars Episode Nine, so I wasn't going to pick that. as my favorite. <laughs> um
0: but yeah I, that's sort of i think this year there's a lot of movies coming out this year that aren't just you know the the three four mcu movies and the dc movie and the disney movie that we get you know we've got some some weirder ones coming out so i'm i'm excited for this year you know provided everything comes out as no, scheduled
1: actually, i'm excited. Sorry, i remembered no i'll tell you what I said it was my favorite movie it was last year it was david copperfield
0: Oh, I didn't see that, but it's I'll watch
1: really it now. good.
0: It's really fun. Cool. Awesome. I'll watch that. Well, we will be back uh in the next episode to talk about our most anticipated TV shows yeah. for this year. Um One Division came out today, day of recording. One division has just come out or just released on Disney Plus the first two episodes. So I am gonna watch that and then I'll come back to you with how that's going. So that's that's my current anticipated but... By the time we record the next episode, it will no longer be anticipated. Um, so I'm excited to record yeah. that. Uh, if you're listening, this has been our first episode of the Crack and panther podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank me, you for Luke. having me. Of course, special guest. Uh, hopefully next week we can have uh, our, our recurring special guest back again. We'll see. We'll see who we get. It, spoiler alert, it's Luke again. Oh, well,
1: it might be Nathan um, Fillion's <laughs> lawyer.
0: Oh, in my opinion, true. Next, join me next week with Nathan Fillion's lawyer as we discuss our most anticipated
1: TV shows, and we'll discuss, um, Anna, but yeah, that secret news cease and desist letter.
0: But please feel free to follow and uh, like the podcast. Leave any comments or reviews if you can, and uh, I, I'm excited to start this this podcast and move on to to new things we're going to talk about all sorts of different stuff so if you follow us and you want to leave any suggestions anywhere um, feel free to do that as well and yeah we'll be back next week we're also
1: open to taking audience questions but um i'm going to guess no one will send one in but if you have any questions we'll be happy (laughs) to answer them even if those questions are when will you stop doing this look You've been living in a yeah. house your entire life. Don't you think it's time to move out? Look, why don't you have a job yet? Look, why do you never help with the cooking and cleaning? Anything like that, more than welcome.
0: And that was from at Nathan Fillion Legal. That's that's weird.
1: Nathan Fillion's my um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, until next time. Bye. Goodbye.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you.